Well, there's a great lineup for the West Block coming up this weekend, hosted, of course, by Mercedes Stevenson. It's focusing on the relationship between Canada and China. So why is that? Well, we're going to find out. Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block, Mercedes Stevenson, joins us now with more. Good morning, Mercedes. Good morning. This is increasingly becoming a hot topic, is how Canadians and how the Canadian government feels about China, isn't it? It is, and it's particularly with what's happening in Hong Kong now, uh, with this move of the Chinese government uh, that has many people in Hong Kong and around the world concerned about the civil liberties of people there, uh, about China moving what looks like you know police and national security agencies in, that that could affect freedom and democracy there. Um, there's a lot of people paying attention to this, and then you just layer on top of that COVID-19, the shortage of protective equipment, the reports that we've had here at Global news of Chinese Canadians being intimidated uh, by the United Front, which they say is part of the Chinese government operating here in Canada and closely connected to them. Uh, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig, over mm-hmm. 500 days in jail in China. Uh, the Chinese ambassador last week essentially directly linked them to Meng Wanzhou on our program before the Chinese had claimed that it's nothing to do with it. It's totally unrelated. Uh, we all knew that wasn't true, but it was quite something to hear him make the link on his own. Um, and of course, Meng Wanzhou has that the, the results of, of one of her applications coming up on Wednesday on the double criminality for her extradition coming up. Um, and we know that there has not been consular access for those two men since January. So we don't know how they are or how they're doing because our officials have had no ability to check on them. Right. And at the same time, China seems to be kind of trying to anyway, fend off a lot of criticism about how they've dealt with COVID-19. Yeah, they're essentially saying it's the international community's fault, that they warned everyone and that Western countries failed to take action. Uh, and I understand the point that there's lots to be criticized in lots of government responses. But the reality is, at the end of the day, China did not release accurate numbers. Uh, and there's a lot of questions about the information they released on human-to-human transmission and whether or not that was happening. Uh, and there's been a lot of studies that have come out that have said uh, things were, were not accurate. And on top of that, of course, you remember there was the doctor who was threatened, who, right. who basically started to discover it. Uh, that th- There was a, an attempt to suppress information about it. And they don't like when those questions are raised. They're willing to allow an international WHO investigation. But the challenge there is that they have tremendous influence at the WHO. So there are a lot of countries like Australia saying, like, no, there needs to be a completely independent investigation, not run by the WHO where they have influence. Uh, And by the way, we should be having Taiwan at the WHO as an observer. They had one of the most effective responses to COVID-19. And yet they had none of the information that WHO members do because China won't allow them to be on it. Right. So who are you going to be talking to about all this? David Mulrooney, who is Canada's former ambassador to China. Uh, you don't get that job if, if you have some sort of blatant anti-China sentiment, but his experiences there and what he's seen since um, have made him probably one of the top critics in the country of the Chinese regime. And we're going to have him come on to talk about what's happening in Hong Kong, what's happening with China right now, what's happening here in Canada. Um, and also, you know, what does the Canadian government need to do about this? What can they do? Is there anything? The challenge always is that for government officials there's two innocent Canadians who are extremely vulnerable yeah. in China behind bars right now but at the same time they have to find a way to stand up to China so how do you do that right and there's also been a lot of discussion about this in the conservative leadership race hasn't there 
There has been, and both um, Peter McKay and Aaron O'Toole, the two front runners, have taken very strong positions. Um, on our show, we had Aaron O'Toole, and he came out and said that he would basically amend the One China policy, uh, which could have tremendous trade consequences for Canada. The One China policy is recognizing that Taiwan is a part of China, which China claims, not an independent country. Um, and he says, you know, it's time to take another look at that. We have Peter McKay on this week. He has said that he would put in Magnitsky-style sanctions against China, which is where you target certain high-profile individuals and basically freeze all of their foreign assets. Uh, so certainly the Conservative Party seems to be taking a tougher stand against it. Uh, and I think that both of those two frontrunners are finding that a lot of people have an interest in what's happening with China right now and that a lot of people want to hear more about that. Do you get any sense, though, that the, the government, the Trudeau government's attitude towards China is changing? I would say that I think it's hardened quite a bit since they took office. Uh, I think that they were hoping for a positive relationship. They were hoping for a productive relationship. That has not been the case. Um, and I think there's been a rude awakening there. I, I think that that rude awakening started with the first trip to China that Mr. Trudeau took. Uh, it became a, you know, a rude slap in the face when they arrested Michael pa Spavor and Michael Kovrig. Um, and when we asked him yesterday about what the Chinese ambassador said on our show, which was that he basically linked Meng Wanzhou to the two Michaels saying that she needs to come home. And, and the implication was clear that the uh, Mr. Spavor and Mr. Kovrig will not be released until that time. He was far more direct than I've heard him on China in a long time. Through much of the pandemic, he wouldn't even say the word China. He came right out and said China. He said, look, we have rule of law here. China does not understand that. Whereas before he would have said something like, we have rule of law. You know, we're explaining that to the Chinese. And, and this time it was, look, they just don't get it. This is what we have. They don't get it. Uh, and then he went on to say um, that he was not at all surprised to hear the Chinese ambassador link the two because the Chinese have been doing that since the beginning. That is not what they've been saying in public. And so that gives you a sense of where the government's at. I know they still hope to negotiate their way out of this. They are prioritizing the well-being of those two men. Um, but there is a real sense of frustration that, that China is just not being moved on this after a year and a half. So interesting. All right, Mercedes, we look forward to more on the West Block. Thank you. Thank you. That's Mercedes Stevenson, Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief and host of the West Block. Make sure you check that out this weekend.